you can watch like the 2008 or 2007 finals and you're like, these guys are terrible. Like I'm looking at, (laughs) (laughs) what were we doing back then? Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Dodgeball Podcast. So happy to be back from my break and get back to one of my few loves in life, which is dodgeball, or at least talking about it. Today will be uh, Glenn Spacer. Um, really happy to get this one out, so let's just get right into it. Alrighty, well, I've got Glenn with me. Glenn, thank you so much for not only being flexible and dealing with the schedule changes, but just for giving me some of your time this evening. Um, let's just go ahead and start with uh, what teams do you play for and what region are you from? Uh, well, thanks for having me, Steve. Um, the teams that I play for, oh boy. All right, so um, for, well, my primary region is the North except I live in California right now. But my primary team for Elite would be Chicago Task Force, and that's who I play with for Open and Pinch and Cohen Nosting uh, at Nationals, I guess, because we don't have that in the North. But um, my Coed 8.5 team is formerly known as Pop Death Force, and now we just kind of condensed it to Force. And then, um, since I'm out here in the West, I'm kind of uh, just kind of rolling with uh, these young guys called Tuda. And then my Wednesday league at WeHo Dodgeball is called We Get It. Nice. So those are the teams I'm currently on. Cool. So uh, on quite a few teams, what uh, is Task Force Unicorn no longer a team? <laughs> uh, it is in our hearts. But uh, to professionalize the sport better, we had to uh, change it to Chicago Task Force. Nice. Um, I love that, by the way. I, I know that that's, was that something that was kind of Mark's idea or was that like a collective kind of? No, I think like, you know, I mean, and we can talk about Elite eventually, but like every year with Elite, we try to legitimize it even further, including like team name changes. Um, and that's been happening every year across all regions too. It's not just our team. That's good. Well, I'm happy to again, happy to see that because when when I be talking about elite to to anybody, you know, the last thing you want to do is um, just say like, oh yeah, there's all these crazy teams like Rise and uh, Titan and blah blah blah. And then you have like these like I don't, I don't know, average Joes or, or heaven forbid something from the movie, right? You're trying to get out of that and trying to Right. Or the Dodge Fathers, which is like every charity tournament you go to, there's always a Dodge Fathers. Yeah, that one's not so bad. Um I'm just thinking like, you know, balls deep. I mean, come on. It's been, it's been a long time. Just stop stop with the stupid innuendos and just, you know, um Yeah, yeah. I least, mean the way we well, yeah, the I guess like you know, in order to take dodgeball serious, that also includes like kind of making the team serious. Like, uh, like you want to create a team that kind of like a city can unite around. You know, exactly. Kinda like any other major sport. Yeah, and uh, I mean, that it's just I, I like how it's in increments. It's we're, we're making those those tracks towards progress and. There'll come a day when, shoot, everybody will have matching uniforms from not just a jersey, but shorts, and, and, and dare I even say socks. It, it's going to be amazing. I, I can't <laughs> wait. <laughs> yeah, we're getting there. And yeah. maybe even some spectators that are wearing our jerseys, too. Well, that's happening. Um, I love seeing how people are 
offering to, hey, you know, we're ordering our shirts or our jerseys for our team. Let us know if you want one and people are hopping on board. Um, yeah, and that is great, by the way. I'm happy people are doing that. I bet you are. And, and that's funny because that brings up a question. Your your shirt and jersey collection. <laughs> Holy crap, man. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's a lot. <laughs> yeah, I was going to I was gonna kind of save that sp- specific section for like down the road but i mean we can get into it right now um how how many shirts do you have roughly uh you know i just did a count just because like one of the projects i've always wanted to do is kind of make a collage of all the shirts that i've collected and i finally was able to have some free time and do it and um the official count as of today is 246 different shirts holy crap what um so that photo you posted on Facebook where it has like, I mean, a, a bird's eye view of all the jerseys, was yeah. that part of your collage or is that just like a, they're all folded nice and neat across, you know, a huge space? <laughs> uh, I had, no, they're just, I just kind of laid the shirt down and took a photo of it and then just kind of cropped it into like a square. Nice. I, uh, I saw that and I was like, man... I wish I had thought of that instead of getting rid of most of my dodgeball shirts just because like you want to hold on to it but it takes up so much closet space and uh, yeah I don't even have uh I probably have like maybe a third of them with me the rest of them are back home in my parents garage somewhere I made sure they're like not donating them just because like I don't know just uh gives me like um good memories I guess yeah it's when I look value. at the shirt or when I wear it yeah, and I definitely understand. Um, have you um, have you ever been denied a shirt? <laughs> I think you saw that question. Some, did someone ask that? Yeah, um, uh, Joe, and, and I'm going to butcher his name. Joe Col- Coella, Colella from Arsenal and Echo, <laughs> uh, number 56, out of San Diego. Man, I know. So, like, I always like the next best shirt, right? Um it's either like how do i oh man that's so cool like how do i get one and they're you know it's either like oh we don't have any extras or uh oh do you have a jersey to trade with and that's probably like a selfish thing about me is if i only have one of a jersey i'm not giving that away so <laughs> yeah that's uh, the only thing this would be like trading a shirt that i don't have an extra for I mean, there'll come a day when it's just like the nfl where at the end of the game you know players are trading off jerseys um if the, I mean, these things are expensive, so hopefully we can find somebody that will dish them out cheaper. Because it'd be cool. To, it's so cool to do that, like um, just having other people's jerseys and seeing that kind of transition into dodgeball. Yeah, it's really neat. Um, yeah, it wasn't even like uh, I. I mean, when I first started getting dodgeball shirts, I didn't even I didn't even have that mindset of like I'm going to try to collect as many dodgeball shirts as possible. It actually stemmed from. Um, uh, like the first tournaments we would go to in Illinois, the NADA. And after every tournament, they would give you a shirt. And it was so cool. Like, I, it was just, like, I was so proud of it. Like, I wear it around everywhere just because, I don't know. Because why not? Just because, yeah, why not? Nice. It was cool. Man, I'm, I'm glad you mentioned um, NADA, right? National? Yeah. Was it National Amateur Dodgeball Association, gotcha. which is still going strong? I was curious about that. And that that's one of the ones I've not, um, I've, I kind of forgotten about and put in the back of my mind. And I wonder if that's where Dodgeball the movie got the idea for the National Dodgeball Association of America, like NADA, like, you know, they're making fun of it. I wonder if that's who they're uh, playing off of. Oh, man, 
I can try to give you, I guess, like a good history of that. But uh, the Chicago people that are the generation um, before me can probably explain it better. But um, NADA formed before the movie. And then when the movie came out, like, that's when it, like, kind of just blew up. Um, It's actually run by a suburban park district of Chicago called Schaumburg. And, you know, they have a ton of youth programs and whatnot, and they wanted to make a dodgeball program. And um, they kind of created the NADA, which, honestly, if they would have kept going with it seriously, that could have been the organization we have today. But they didn't care enough. Anyways, um, what was I saying? Oh, Oh, good. Oh, um, let's see. So, so the movie came out and I don't want to say, I don't want to give credit to the movie for me getting into the dodgeball, but it sort of was like, oh, dodgeball's in the movies. Like, that's cool. I know what that is. Like, I probably played it in gym class, but I, you know, um, I played multiple sports in in gym class and whatever. And so I didn't really think anything of it. And uh, so my friend got a flyer for the NADA summer tournament in 2004 and they're like yeah we should check this out this looks totally cool we can like bring our own team and whatever and uh, when we got there there was I'm not even exaggerating there was like a hundred teams and this is 2004 and they had multiple divisions they had you know they had a high school they had youth they had a men's C they had co-ed they had a men's B a men's A and I think even they had an, a division called elite division which is kind of funny um kind so that was kind of like yeah that was kind of like my first spark of dodgeball because it like I it just blew blew my mind like this is nothing I've ever seen before well I can uh, I can attest to nada um, they've definitely been around for i think almost longer than 2004 and you're right they're they were like a i i, I paid them as a parks and rec center slash organization and i think that was part of why they could not expand past that realm could do to um, whatever tax codes that they had to follow under and so it was such a frustrating thing because um you know when we started up in 2004 five and six we're trying to find these organizations that are going to hook us up with sanctioning and kind of help us recruit and bolster our numbers, um, we found out that they were pretty much just, they stayed there. Um, they had yeah. the national events and it was just like, well, cool, F us, I guess. Like, we're kind of out of, we're SOL for now. So um, it's funny because there's a, there's a really hilarious clip of uh, Stephen Colbert back when he was on The Daily Show um, meeting these people and playing dodgeball against kids and it's I'll have to put a link to oh, that oh really? yeah I it's, didn't know it's that. hysterical but it, it it just shows like they were there way before um, the NDL and, and all these other players all these mm-hmm. other players started to come onto the scene so it was like the first legit organization of dodgeball that I can think of not not talking about like uh, you know like rec leagues or you know open gyms or something yeah it's uh, it's it's. I think it's like a tie between them and um, the International Dodgeball Federation, which I was kind of talking over with Nicole, because mm-hmm. they they claim they've been around since 1996, 98, um, and then I guess uh, 2004 they were like on the cusp of exploding because of the movie. But 
due to Hurricane Katrina, they ended up losing all the records, all their videos, so they say. And it just set them back, and then that's when the NDL came in and, and, and kind of took over. But um, Someone has those records somewhere. You would think, right? I mean, it's not like um, it's all paper and analog back then. You'd think there's electronic copies, but um, I, I just think that's... I mean, not to sound like a jerk, but I think that's just too good of an excuse to kind of yeah. cop mm-hmm. out like that. But... Um, Okay, so your your first experience with dodgeball then was back in two thousand four, and it was mm-hmm. with, it was with foam then, right? Because that's what Natty used. Yeah, that's what I grew up with was eight point two five foam, um, and you know, I'm rolling with like my best friends from like high school and growing up and whatever, and you know, we we play sports, so we think we're good, you know, like we can hang, right. And get there and we just see all these teams and we're just watching games like waiting to play and we're like oh my god what is this <laughs> and you know I guess it's been around for a few years so people know how to play already and like basically we got dead last but <laughs> but uh I just remember like so I mentioned like this was my first spark I just remember watching like you know the men's division um, and some of the players that I, I still play with on Task Force today, just watching them. And actually some of the old uh, Chicago Vendetta players too, which you probably know, just watching them and just being in awe. And I was like, yes, I want to do this. I want to keep doing this because it was, you know, I'm so used to, I was so used to like school sports and the whole routine and like conditioned practices and all this stuff. And for some reason, like this was just like on our own, like, like we can do whatever we want. We can be whatever team we want. We can go do practices whenever we want. And I wanted to learn everything about everything I could about the sport. It was such a mystery to me. There, there's something very like pure about dodgeball. You just you just hop in and you play. And like you said, the rules aren't so strict right now that you have conditioning drills and practice and things that kind of suck the fun out of playing in sports as you get older. So I totally understand that. Yeah, and I just like I remember like. Like we were already out or something in the high school division, and I was we were watching the men's, and I just remember, I don't know if you remember uh, Brian Lowe, one of like the OGs um, that used to go to the NDL. He's from Chicago. I think I remember him. Like he was like it was like the championship or something. He was the last in, and he just took out like a whole team like no problem, and everyone went crazy. And like I didn't know anything like what was going on, but I knew it was awesome. Nice. This wasn't the dude from Cheese and Crackers, was it? <laughs> I think that was like their amateur team name, Cheese and Crackers, because <laughs> that was with like uh, Brian Jenkins and Zach Tholen. Um I think Lowe was on that team, and Greg Cozzolino and Brad Rackow, Alan Fleming. Like those were the those were the OGs for Chicago. Oh man, I I'm such a terrible person. I keep getting Greg. Cosolino mistaken for um ah oh crap he plays in he plays in LA he's um oh geez this is embarrassing <laughs> <laughs> but like they they have like the same same stature same same um look um oh Jesse yeah Jesse Soto right that's yeah Soto. okay yeah I kind of yeah I don't know maybe I mean Jesse I'm, plays way more wild than Cos though <laughs> Yeah, d- does does Cos still play or? No, he, he left the uh, scene a while ago, right? Yeah, he lives. He moved out 
to uh, Las Vegas a long time ago, and every time we go to Vegas, like even when we had the first two elites there, he would come out. Um, we actually needed a player for pinch the first elite Vegas, and he came out and played, and he's he probably hasn't played in like you know two years, but he's still like he still got it. Nice. Yeah, I I mean. I have to see him side by side and realize how off I am. But again, it's been a long time. Many faces are blur now. I'm starting to get older. Um, but uh, he reminds me of him every time I see uh, Jesse. So uh, I, for the longest time I thought it was him, I was like, oh, wow, when the OGs are still still around. But uh, <laughs> That's funny. Kind of uh, pivoting a little bit. It, it, it's a little ironic that you started from foam and you ended up dead last. And now you're known as like one of the most vicious pinch like, <laughs> players for 8.5 like isn't that that's kind of weird how that turned out right uh you ever think about that you know every throw i make in pinch isn't vicious it's with love i make it you know i make sure i let you know that i like you by throwing at you really hard oh, nice so you're, you're like uh you're like kenny then where if you hit somebody soft it's because you hate that person you don't respect them you don't love them so <laughs> i guess uh, uh, i guess yeah <laughs> It's like wow, this this burns. Uh, I may have like may have internal bleeding. Glenn really loves me. This is great. I'm gonna go cough up a lung now. <laughs> so yeah, you. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Hearing Kenny talk about pinch was kind of fun. I heard your guys' podcast. Um, yeah, it takes it takes a certain kind of crazy to play pinch 8.5. It definitely does. Um, so let's backtrack a little bit. Um, mm-hmm. Did you play in any sports prior to dodgeball? You kind of mentioned you played school sports but like any organized leagues or like like baseball little league basketball football yeah, like yeah i was like an outdoor kid um like i love playing sports and doing athletic things and uh i got into like t-ball i didn't really like that too too slow paced i guess t-ball what is what you would call it right like little league or something um and then basketball um, I really liked that because just because there was a lot of movement all the time. And then I got into football and I played that for 11 years. And I really liked that because it kind of helped me get t- like mentally tough and physically tougher, I guess. Right. And it kind of disciplined me to uh, kind of train for something that like I'm I go after. Um, and, you know, all the sports that I've played, I kind of acquired like what I do I guess how do you say it um, I try to implement everything that I've learned from sports into dodgeball just because like I don't have a coach I don't have a you know uh, a school program or something like that right yeah it's, it's a lot of mental self-discipline that yeah you can't just go i'm gonna go hop on you know join like a a dodgeball clinic over the summer i'm gonna contact this this coach i'm gonna go to this gym and practice and hone my craft Mm -hmm. like you have to take it upon yourself to to train and practice and get into as many leagues as possible and and you have to have that desire to be better you have to find that drive yeah you gotta take it seriously not not only that but like you have to do it for a sport that's still i would say you know maybe not in its infancy but it's in its teens right it's still coming along yeah it, still, yeah it's still in like a primitive stage i would say yeah it's still uh still cost money to travel out still you sometimes get those raised out eyebrows like oh you play dodgeball and then it's just one of those things where you have to decide <laughs> you're gonna be the best and you gotta train like it. it's not 
oh, I played baseball for 10 years, so I'm naturally going to be good. That, that used to fly back in the day. Not, not anymore, for sure. Yeah, we're definitely still trying to figure out all the science behind it, too, because, uh, you know, we're still in that generation that hasn't really moved on yet. I mean, there's a couple, like, OGs, like I mentioned earlier, um, especially, like, some of the old NDL players that kind of moved on just because they started a life or something. But we're still figuring out, like, injuries, for example. Like, how long can a player even last, you know, in well into their 30s or something? Yeah. The, uh, like, like torn labrums, that's become, at least as, I, as I've noticed, more of, of a reoccurring injury i mean it had it got tim got page um i think it got a couple other people that's new i think that's come from maybe pinching incorrectly or not conditioning your arm um yeah who said that page said that it's uh it's not like because of the pinch throwing it's just how you're throwing it is why your arm's messed up yeah i think kenny kenny went into that a little bit like you just oh, yeah, have kenny. to have the proper technique you can't just uh go go ham you know your first try and expect your bones to be used to that if, if they're not i mean it's the same thing with with throwing dodgeballs like regular good old 8.5 i could go right now and go play some games not even stretch not even warm up and i'll be okay as long as i'm not going you know all out for a couple hours you know because my body's used to that versus somebody who's off the streets they better warm up or stretch out otherwise they're going to be hurting and usually they, they are for several days afterwards it's just uh it's just a whole new like you said we're still figuring out the science behind it and those that have been playing long enough understand the the toll it takes and, and what you need to do to make sure you're not going to hurt yourself so it's, right um, and like you kind of almost have to treat like i know there's a lot of like young players that want to be like yeah dodgeball 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 i'm going to play like four nights a week and especially like the two of the guys like they came from sky zone and they're all like really young young 20s and they're like i'm gonna play so much dodgeball and i'm trying to encourage them like look like this is not good for your arm you need to treat your arm kind of like an mlb pitcher where you need like four or five days rest after you've been throwing for a while and they're starting to understand that now um but it's not just it's not just playing and throwing like for an hour or two at, at dodgeball practice like you have to strengthen your muscles with like you know resistance bands or like going to the gym and lifting weights and all that stuff so which what? i don't think a lot of people are used to because um i'd say like most dodgeball players don't really have like a sports background or maybe that's just me no i'm, I'm glad you mentioned that because i that's my perception also and when i'm talking to to people like kenny and, and nicole and I don't want to say some of the better players because that, that just sounds mean, but some of the players that are, I guess, higher caliber, they have a sports background. They understand, like we kind of talked about earlier, where you have to have the discipline to go, I'm going to go to the gym and run, or I'm going to do, I don't know, yoga, or I'm going to practice with sports bands because they, they just had that, that they that's what they know versus a lot of people that came into dodgeball. That might be the first sport they've ever played. Yeah. They fall in love with it, sure, but they don't understand, oh, I'm not getting good right away. I'm going to quit now. Or I I hurt my arm, or I don't throw as hard as catch them, so I'm 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 quitting, and it's it it sucks to see that because we're we're at that point now where, okay, maybe you didn't come from a a sports background, but if you want to hang, you gotta you gotta act like it, you gotta you gotta put the work it's, in. Yeah, that's what that's what's great about like all the vets and dodgeballs, like you know they encourage the younger players keep sticking around, like it's all about court time. Trust me, like you'll get beat 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 beat, but you know the more you see that, the more you're gonna 
find a weakness or something in a player or in yourself. Yep, just stick it through. Um, what what kind of uh, routines do you go through? Or, or like you you mentioned that you or you alluded that you might have some workouts that you kind of do uh, to help you stay conditioned. What are those? Yeah, so you know, I used to think I was invincible too. Like back when I was young, like I could play dodgeball as much as I could, and then I figured out like my arm was killing me, so I had to change up my routine. Uh, maybe when I was like 24, 25, and I wanted to make sure like I could play dodgeball like well into my 30s. Um, I didn't want my arm to crap out before I was 30. Um, so, you know, I kind of developed a routine of like, you know, I, I'm, I don't care about like a league, you know, I don't care about winning a league or an open gym. Like I'm going to utilize these this time to prepare for a major tournament. Right. So like if I have a tournament coming up in like three weeks or something, um, I'll kind of do like a normal routine of, you know, one day I'll go to the gym and lift weights. But I won't, you know, I won't go to like bench 400 pounds or something. I'm going to do something that works for me, meaning like I want to be able to be quick. So I work on explosive lifting. So I'll do like um, dumbbells or squats or something but I'll do lightweight, but I'll kind of like, how do I explain it? Like I'll, I'll go down slow and then bring it up really fast to be able to kind of be quick like that. Right. Um, develop the quickness. Um, and then another day, you know, just for like endurance, like I'll go play basketball or something, or like I'll go do ladders or like box jumps or something. And then, you know, I'll have a day of rest so that I can, so my muscles can heal. Um, and then, you know, I try to do days where I don't go play dodgeball, but instead I'll do long toss, meaning like kind of throw a baseball as far as you can, just kind of stretch that strength out. Hmm. Um, what else? Yeah. I try to not play dodgeball like two days in a row. Cause that'll kill you. It'll take you forever to heal. I try to play dodgeball no more than twice a week. And if like a tournament's coming up, then I'll make sure I have like five days in between, like when I've played to like an elite tournament so that my arm is healed. That's crazy how it's maybe, maybe for us older gentlemen and women, it, it's more about self-preservation at this point. Cause I, I remember, you know, thinking I was invincible also when we started playing, I was 20, 21, 22 when I started and I could go, you know, eight o'clock PM to 3 AM nonstop and, and recover just fine after a couple of days. And I can go back to back tournaments when they came up and like, oh man, I could do this forever. Sports. Yay. I'm, I'm great. Um, but now it's like, you know, an elite tournament will just knock the crap out of you. I, I cannot, mm-hmm. of all the things I've done in life, I, I don't think there's a soreness that ever matches elite dot or a tournament in dodgeball soreness. And so it's like, I'm going to take care of myself now and make sure I stretch out and maybe even do crazy things like take Epsom self baths just so I can recover so I can play for another six months, another couple of years. You know, I, I want to get as much out of this lifestyle as I can. And it's, uh, that's just the, the level of, uh, intensity that it, it's risen. But, um, you're working. Yeah, we're, in, we're cool. insane. We play for 12 hours, of, like nonstop dodgeball that is not healthy at all. <laughs> I, yeah. Speaking of going back to the science behind dodgeball, like I, um, 
I, I wear my Fitbit sometimes and I'm just like blown away by where my heart rate's been, how it just goes up and down and, and how long it's, uh, for how long and just the, the calories that are just mm-hmm. expent and um, someday we'll, we'll, we'll all look back 20, 30 years from now when the dodgeball players of the future are wearing helmets and they've got all this conditioning, they've got all this stuff and they'll look at us like, those guys are crazy. Like those guys are insanely hardcore. Kind of like how we look at football players back in the day when they wore their crappy little leather helmets, and you wonder how do people not die? <laughs> like, I think that's what it's going to be like for us uh, down the road. Um, yeah, um, yeah. I don't know how dodgeball is going to evolve because, like, you know, you think about all the injuries in dodgeball, and what are they? You know, a rolled ankle or like a torn labrum. Um, it's, I mean, it is so rare when someone gets hurt from actually getting hit by a dodgeball. I mean, obviously, anyone can get hit wrong in the temple and kind of, like, be concussed. But, like, man, I, the only injuries I've ever really seen are, like, from falling into a wall or something. Right. That's a good point. I've seen, like, torn retinas and stuff, but, you know, that's really rare, too. I think just because of the whole concussion thing... I wouldn't be surprised if you saw helmets, like maybe hockey style with the plexiglass visor. Oh, if it's man, plexiglass, I don't, I don't know. But uh, that would be my guess, maybe. Man, I don't know. Um, yeah, I don't know. I don't know if that... Uh, I don't it's, it's out so there. Yeah. I mean, if you, could you imagine, take 2004 Steve and 2004 Glenn you playing in, in Nada and me playing in Tucson and, and just show them, show them the elite highlight video from the East Coast, right, that Dominic made mm-hmm. and just show them that and just imagine how their minds would have been blown where they see people like Andrew Ketchum throwing just uh, stupid fast or people catching at ridiculous, um, you know, reflexes and seeing how close the courts are but also seeing the caliber of players. You know, when I played in 2004, and I was looking at like the quote-unquote NDL first pros. Um, they were all beer-bellied, 30, 40-year-old people that are not <laughs> athletic-looking at all, right? They like, I mean, <laughs> I can get into that too later. But they're, they're just people that like came off the streets like, you know, they, oh yeah, dodgeball, okay, cool, how hard can it be? But but show 2004 Glenn Steve now, like that's... This got to get you like, wow, that that's an incredible advancement. People are wearing knee pads. People are wearing throwing sleeves. People are wearing some are wearing goggles. That's crazy. Like, I, I wish I could see it through that perspective, just to show like how much of the advancement has 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 gone. So, when we think dodgeball 10, 20 years from now, I, I wouldn't be surprised if it just completely blew us away. Even now, right? Like, we're still we're still growing. Yeah, you know, like man, like okay, so back then. I used to think like those beer belly players were incredible players. And then obviously like evolving with everyone, we're kind of at a much higher level and it's you can't you can't really ever go back to, you know, what you were like when you first started anymore. You see a different speed now. But uh man, like we're at this age right now where we kind of like, you know, we're looking at the next generation. And you, see, oh my God! Like you, you, you look at players like Mike McGee or Xander Simos, and you're like, man, these guys are so fortunate to have all of these like incredible veterans, like to kind of like train them at an early age like this, and they're already like just prodigies. And they're already monsters. It's um, 
it, it's it's really cool like i get excited for them because like you guys didn't have to go through all the the bs between you know like me and tillman's called the no. barnstorming days right you come into a product that's looking really good already um has a lot of ways a lot to go but you guys are so fortunate to come into now where yeah i mean that's what that's what we're working towards is we're working towards setting up for the next generation yep so going back to the barnstorming days um so 2004 uh nada what uh when did you enter the ndl scene oh man okay so let me think back so 2004 i found dodgeball and like i wanted to keep playing dodgeball but i was still kind of i was in school so couldn't really play dodgeball that much and they only had seasonal tournaments meaning like they had one in winter and spring and summer and fall and then eventually like just from going to these tournaments we found out uh we like would meet other teams and they'd be like yeah we go play at this church like yeah there's usually like this tournament that happens in blah 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 city and we would go check that out and uh you know we just eventually started figuring out how to travel to get to these tournaments and uh how I got into the NDL, I guess, was, I don't know, I think, I, I'm trying to remember, like, I don't know if I Google searched Dodge, like, I wanted to find more tournaments, so I think I stumbled upon the NDL online, and, you know, you look at the NDL, and it's just a crazy good website, right? You're already captured just from the website, and you're like, oh, my God, there's professional dodgeball. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Everyone's been there. Um and then I saw, like, there was a Chicago team, and I was like, oh, my God, that's Brian Jenkins and Zach Fallen and Greg Hazelino. Like, I play with these guys all the time. And I'm looking at my friends, and we're like, we have to go to this. But we're all, like, 19. Like, we don't have any money. And it's and we're in Chicago, and it's all the way in Las Vegas. And we're like, oh, my God, we have to go to this. And it was just me and my friend Kyle, and we signed up. We, we just, we were like, screw it, like, we're going. I don't care if we sign up as freelancers, we're going. So that's what we did. Uh, we just signed up as freelancers, and that's how we found the NDL. Nice. So if you if you found the NDL.com, that's 2007, 2008 time frame? Yeah, it was 2008. That was my first, first NDL. Nice. Yeah, I mean, it was still... From from two thousand four to twelve, I consider was when it was decent. From two thousand seven to eleven was like its its peak. It was on the ups. Since oh yeah, then. that was like my second spark, I guess, because my first spark was actually seeing dodgeball for the first time, and then like being at the NDL is is exactly like how it is at elite nationals there's just so many teams like so much dodgeball so many courts and like i just remember like playing on this free agent team and <laughs> i want to say like we signed up for the stinger division and one of like the first teams we played was like you know young rise of brutality and one of them just rocked me in the face with a stinger and i was like this is dodgeball this is what i want to do with my life basically i wasn't even <laughs> mad like this is exactly what dodgeball is. I need to be a part of this somehow. Man, there. 
that, that's a special kind of person that takes a stinger to the face from a rise <laughs> player and says this is where i want to be <laughs> like yeah this is uh i can't think of anywhere else i'd rather be right now than right here in this moment getting just completely smashed in the face sign me up for more yeah and like i just like that whole first experience like i was on a free agent team we weren't that good but my god like we would watch all these games and like i remember watching like you know just some of the names like you probably know like uh rise of brutality and the janitors and mixed plate crew and triple triple a yeah triple a and uh oh my god like that was so exciting to watch all these matches because everyone was like everyone was crowding around watching this and it was just incredible dodgeball that like i've never seen before it was just it was the highest level of dodgeball um and i i needed to be a part of it <laughs> that's awesome um i mean at the time is definitely the highest level of dodgeball but like you take take your lowest uh, not to be mean but take your like your lowest performing team in elite right now and they could probably mop the floor with anybody from oh my god that, yes <laughs> right like you watch those old old clips of you can even watch like the the rise of brutality triple a all american apostles for anybody that wanted to know what triple a meant you can watch like the 2008 or 2007 finals and you're like, these guys are terrible. Like I'm looking at, <laughs> like, yes. what were we doing yes. back then? It's man. If you've, yeah. If you've ever watched like really old dodgeball videos, cause I definitely have like, and especially like if I find old video of myself, I'm like, my God, I am terrible. <laughs> oh, it's so fun to watch that. Uh, I used to, there's a running joke where I used to play with the, with the watch on cause I was just, who cares I'm, I'm playing dodgeball I'm wearing a watch right and I thought I was good back then this is like 2009 2010 time frame and um, watching me back then I was just like oh god what are you, what are you doing man it's just <laughs> awful yeah. and so like anytime I mess up or I do something really stupid which is unfortunately a lot lately uh, somebody like Joe Fernandez or, uh, or Brett will be like Steve what time is it because they're just you know referencing back in the day when I was awful and I just get all all hurt inside <laughs> but it's so fun to watch like older versions of you and uh, you're just like man you thought you were you know, hot stuff back then and you're just you're, you're nothing I could take you out with one hand behind my back now it's always a good feeling too just to know that you've, you've grown <laughs> and haven't stayed stagnant yeah like even like watching yourself throw like yeah you know i watch old videos of me and like i'm like what am i doing i don't even have any range at all how am i even throwing that like why am i even playing how is how have i not been taken out by now <laughs> yeah that's funny um so you go to you go to ndl and you see all these amazing players you see like holy crap there is a following of dodgeball there's an energy there's a that's it, happening right it's going places we're gonna all go back home we're gonna tell our friends all about it we're gonna get all kinds of juiced and, and whatnot and super excited did mm -hmm. you uh did you participate in the professional tryouts and did and you, you made the team right you mentioned chicago task yeah. or shoot chicago vendetta yeah um so like just like everyone else like we were sucked into like the illusion of professional dodgeball at the ndl and you know i wanted to do that like because I wanted to play with, you know, the guys that I looked up to, Jenkins and Tholen and Kaz and Lowe. And, uh, you know, they had, like, the tryouts or whatever. Like, you had to <laughs> you had to pin the number on your back. <laughs> yeah. You remember that? Oh, yeah. Like, while there. you were playing. Like, God forbid you land on the floor and that thing, like, stabs you. Um, but, 
they they were looking to like fill their roster and like they knew who me and Kyle were so they brought us on and I thought that was the coolest thing ever and um that was like the first kind of mentorship that I had in dodgeball was was those guys and just you know just seeing how they play and like how we worked as a team was just a total eye-opening experience um and you know i think we ended up like third or something in the pro division but after that weekend like i just wanted more of it right i wanted to just do what i could to build the sport and i didn't know what what it was i needed to do but that was part of like you know thinking strategically and creatively to try to build the sport whatever that meant whatever that was back then um I think the one thing that sucked, like, I guess I'm going to might go on a tangent with the NDL a little bit, but, uh, you know, one thing that sucked that everyone could probably relate to who was back in that day was, uh, you know, the players are always like, oh man, we need to do more. Like we need to have more tournaments or something. And Prentice was, he would always like be like, yeah, we'll do it. We'll do it. We'll do it. And then like three or six months would pass and nothing would be happening oh yeah yeah we'll do it later we'll do it later and then like we'll be like how about now and you know what and then it'll be like um you know what let's just talk about it at the next ndl so it just became this like once a year tournament which sucked and like you can you can ask any player in the ndl like we were all mad we were all like this is stupid like we're paying way too much money and just a little history lesson for all the like young players that are listening to this like if you think you're paying too much for the for elite right now, imagine this: each player, not team, each player paid a hundred. Let me get this right: a hundred and eighty-five dollars per division per player. Okay, imagine that. And we only probably got like five single elimination matches, and or single five best of three matches and then we would have a single elimination tournament it wasn't even double elimination so everyone was pissed off at that um especially and just like the pro day wasn't that great like they tried to do different like structure of um like some weird point system and nobody ever wanted to do the pro day because there was like a rule restriction on the amateur divisions, like no, I don't, do you remember this, Steve? Like, oh yeah, no more than three like, pros. You can only have teams. like three pro, three pros on an amateur team, and it's like I can't play with my friends anymore, basically. Um, and I get like their structure; they wanted the pro players to bring in more teams, but that was difficult when it was in Las Vegas every year. I can't get my friends from Chicago to fly every year to this. Um, so that was another thing that everyone hated. Um, and just like the, you know, we would film matches and Prentice would be like, he wouldn't really trust anybody with the footage because he didn't want to lose it or something or have it be stolen or something. So every year would film things and nothing would get published. So everyone was pissed off about that too. <laughs> um, I mean, it, and like just hearing like, he would never listen to the players like he had a special like leadership council or whatever like kind of like how we have the different regions almost and we would all kind of like come together and kind of say 
like how how to progress dodgeball, and he wouldn't he wouldn't absorb anything from the players, and you know another thing that people didn't really like. And you know every year people would complain, complain, complain about the NDL, <clears throat> and finally like. Like, and in between, like, I would try to figure out things like how to build dodgeball. Like, I didn't need the NDL to build dodgeball, basically. Like, I wanted to run my own tournaments and figure out how to do that. And that was terrifying. Because um, I have no, like, event planning experience. And, like, I get nervous when I speak in front of a large crowd. But I knew I had to do it. Um, and then finally... And Princess actually thought I was doing that as a mutiny almost. Like I was starting my own thing against him, which is kind of hilarious. <laughs> like, no, dude, I'm trying to build dodgeball. Um, and then finally, like, this is the reason why Elite exists now. It's because of this, because of all that stuff I just said. Where Mark, you know, was kind of like, F it. Like, I'm going to do it this way. And everybody loved it. It's... Um it's funny because I haven't had too much of, a t of an opportunity to delve into the NDL and, and what went wrong and I'm, I'm not trying to make that an essential focus but I'm more than happy to kind of talk about it just to give people that who are listening who have no idea what the NDL even is or, or may not even know who Ed Prentice is uh, just some insight and, and kind of back you up on some of those because I, I was there too experiencing those same frustrations um, you know one night I googled dodgeball and I found uh, dodgeblogger or something.com and it was a message board and it would just talk about all the major dodgeball events and then one day lo and behold the first ever national dodgeball world championship and convention in Las Vegas hosted at Caesars Palace came up $25,000 cash purse right mm -hmm. and it was um, to give some insight about Ed Prentice he ran a branding company um, so he, there's a reason why his stuff looks so crisp because he's he was in marketing um, for a company called Brainco. And of course, you know, if, you, if you're teaching branding and you're teaching graphic design, your stuff's going to look crisp, right? So, I, and I didn't figure this out until after 2005. But anyway, very well put together package, brought a lot of people out, very expensive, great. Oh, guess what? The tournament itself isn't at Caesars Palace. It's actually at this place called Home Courts in Boulder, which is like 40 minutes south of the freaking strip, right? But, you know, we had a panel there, so that was cool. So we talked about how to sponsor your team, how to, we had a referee clinic. It was very, very legitimate at, for the first time. Okay, and then, but you paid a crap load of money, like you said. You, you're talking about 185. It was way more before that, if you can even imagine that kind of madness, right? So there was that, and then it just kind of, like you said, it kind of just tapered off. There was always, we'll do that later. We'll talk about this later. We'll we'll mm -hmm. get into sanctioning later. And it was frustrating. Oh, it was so frustrating because you're like, I I need help now, not, and I needed help two years ago, and. You know, we, we talked, the, the most we can squeeze out was a couple of tour stops. And and I'll say this, uh, to, to the Andale's credit, they really did help juice up the competition in Arizona by, I don't want to say hijacking, but by kind of combining the National Dodgeball League with what we call the Grand Canyon State Games, which is a biannual event every winter and summer, where dodgeball just so happened to be an event. And I think I made the second one 
maybe the first or second one. And um, that's where I met this individual named Mike Harrington who really loved dodgeball in Phoenix. And so we kind of talked about it in between um, uh, seasons and whatnot. And um, eventually, I think through him, he got the NDL to come over and, and check this event out and take over. And so the, I don't know if you were around or if it was around, I should say, when you when you came into the scene, the point system. You can play in a tour stop and acquire ranks and points through mm-hmm. your participation in how you place. And so we kind of incorporated that into the Grand Canyon State Games. So instead of just, you know, Team Evil coming in and, and beating people, now you had Rise of Brutality or the team that uh, preceded them, 619 coming down, AAA coming down, the janitors coming down. And we're like, wait a minute, these teams from California are coming in and kicking our butts. Like, we need to step up our game some. And so El- Arizona kind of rose. So for all of its, you know, shortcomings and shortfalls, the NDL, the NDL really did do some good. But, I mean... No, and, like, we will always respect them for setting that bar for, like, competitive dodgeball. Like, that was the first. Um, but just, you know, when we started building Elite, like, he just saw that as a threat more than anything. Well, he saw... And it was just, oh, good. Oh, go ahead. No, oh, you go. I was going to say, he saw anything as a threat. Like, you... Yeah, you talk to him about, hey, we want to set up a tournament. We want to we want to set up a tour stop. We want to do X, Y, Z, and it'd always be, well, we'll we'll talk about that later. We'll talk about it later. But, oh man, if you started something by yourself and it actually got traction, he came down on you so fast. And I remember being yeah, because cool. he he wasn't used to competition. Like he, the NDL was the only thing. Yeah, he never like felt like he was threatened by anybody. Yeah, and if he did, he put it down right away with with um, you can't play in this league or we'll, you'll be banned. And I mean, for and then the players came together and yeah. you know the power of the people. Yeah, and to to Mark's credit, you know he he did try many times to help before he finally said, you know what, I I can get the insurance myself, I can get the venues myself. If I put yeah. together a really good package, people are going to come to to play dodgeball. They're not they're not beholden to one specific brand or entity that they're beholden to the sport so elite eight comes along is from what i understand because I, w- I wasn't able to attend for unfortunately it, it was a great event it was a ton of fun it became the elite 12 then it became the regional uh, i think it was just like the west coast maybe i could be wrong but it started taking off and as it took off and uh, the ndl saw a huge threat made the the silly decision to say, "Hey, if you play in elite, you cannot play in NDL anymore," and look look how that turned out. So, <laughs> so to give you a little history about how I met Mark. Yes, I was going to um, get into that. This will this will lead into like uh, just kind of how we developed elite, I guess. Perfect. But uh, <laughs> um, I actually said this at the our first banquet at at uh, Las Vegas. I'm not sure if you were there. But I kind of explained the story of how we met. And um, so it's, let's see, it's uh, 2010, right? 2010 NDL, uh, like peak of its time. And I was kind of, like, Prentice kind of knew, like, I was passionate about dodgeball. And he kind of um, wanted me to be a part of his, like, leadership council and stuff like that, which I don't even know, like, I meant nothing, kind of. But uh, I was also kind of in charge of the Chicago Vendetta, too. Like, Jenkins kind of delegated that task to me, which is, like, really honorable. But um, uh, so so it was, it's Pro Day 2010. And <clears throat> so the way the teams – so if you had a full roster, then you couldn't pick any players that were trying out. Um, 
and we got like one of the last picks or something and it was between so we needed one more for our roster for the Chicago Vendetta and it was between this guy Randall I don't know if you know him he's a tall guy like oh man another OG dodgeball player maybe if I I'm saw sure him like, I'm sure like the LA people know who he is but uh and then it was him and then Mark and Mark I'd never met before and he's wearing like a shirt that says hot sauce on it and I'm looking at I'm looking at Mark I'm like yeah this guy right here and <laughs> so I walk over to him I'm like hey man my name's Glenn what's your name he's like Mark I'm like cool do you want to come play with us and the Chicago Daddy is like hell yeah and Mark's like again like just super passionate about dodge he like he didn't care he just wanted to play um and we went through that pro day like so good like we gelled so well as a team and mark mark was even like at some point he was like guys i'm not that good but i'm here to like support you guys and that was like so cool i don't know <laughs> but uh <laughs> you know like he just so totally selfless you know right and he's like it's okay let's let's just and jenkins you know the captain he was just kind of like, uh, no worries, like, let's just take this one game at a time. We'll figure out a good system. And we found this system where Mark was like super quick. So if you remember like the NDL Pro Day, how the game was played was four on four. And each team started with one ball and one ball was in the center. And our strategy was Mark, was, Mark would sprint up, grab that middle ball, and you know I would blast whoever was throwing at Mark. And we were just kind of like a crazy team where we would always be doing suicides and stuff. Um, we were just kind of like really overpowering like that because we were young and full of energy. And we ended up actually winning that whole tournament. Nice. Pro Day, that was my first win. Um, so then after that, like, obviously made friends with Mark. And we just kind of would talk dodgeball like throughout the year and just talk about like, man, we could do so much for dodgeball. NDL could do so much for dodgeball, all this stuff, but they're not doing it. And then, like, 2011 comes along, and it's still the same old stuff, same old same old complaining from all the players. And 2011 passed, and Mark was like, dude, I can't do this anymore. Like, like I'm going to take a stand. Like, I want to I do it right. I want to... I don't, I don't like these restrictions... I don't like this kind of like controlling feeling. Um, so he's like, you know what? I'm just going to host a tournament and call it like the elite dodgeball or something. Elite dodgeball tournament for the, for like top level players. And I wasn't there for the first one, but when he had it in December, cause the NDL uh, championships would happen in August. So he hosted this tournament in December and that was the first elite tournament. And he brought like all of the, original california teams like like headhunters i think like team evil was there and then like rise and before doom it was syndicate um and you know he was like you know what i don't care about the money like we'll just take all the registration and put it towards the expenses like the rental of the gym the balls and like the medals and if anything's left over like we'll have a cash prize because that's the one thing that the ndl also didn't have is cash prizes um just a little history lesson <laughs> um so 
so after that tournament, I don't, I can't remember if there was a co-ed division two. I think it was just open. I have to ask Mark, but it was uh, just open. Co-ed didn't come for a while. Okay, so it was just open, and they played like as much dodgeball as they could in whatever runs of time they had, and everybody was like, "Yes, I want more." Like this is what because all the players want is as much dodgeball as possible, right? Against like good teams, and they can play with their team with no restrictions. And everyone loved it. And Mark was telling me about this. I'm like, dude, yes, like this is awesome. Like I want to come out to this. So he held another one in, man, I want to say like the spring, like April or something. And I actually flew out and played with Adrenaline Rush for that. Um, and it was just like everything. And this is, yeah, this is 2012. And I just loved it. I'm like, dude, this is exactly what we need to do for dodgeball. And I was like, what if we just, what if we go back this year at the NDL and kind of tell Prentice, like, look, this is what we need to do. Um, Cause it wasn't just playing. Like we were filming our games. Like if you look back on the YouTube channel for elite, like the first like five videos, like are really, really crisp, like really cool. Um, I was like, yes, this is everything we need to do this. And so we wanted to take this idea to Prentice and be like, look, like we need to build dodgeball like this, have tournaments outside of it, whatever, like kind of like how Elite is right now with the regions and the series and leading up to a national championship. And he just he wasn't having it. He's just like, nope, like Mark just like wants to start his own thing. Like he doesn't wanna, you know, basically saw it as a threat, like it'll die or something like that. And that year sucked just my my whole experience on that last year at NDL 2012 sucked because like <laughs> like my flight was delayed like I missed a whole day of dodgeball on Friday came in Saturday we got whooped and then Sunday like the pro day like that's supposed to be the best day it was also horrible and then like the we didn't even get that many games and then he decided to want to do like a like an exhibition screw on game for just footage for like two hours. And then I actually <laughs> like tore my meniscus that year. Oh, I was like, you know what? I'm done. I'm done with this. Mark, let's do this. So it was right after the NDL. And I'm like, look, like I want to do this in Chicago, this elite tournament. And he was like, yeah, no problem. Like I'll fly out and help do it too. So we held the first Midwest, well, we called it the Midwest Elite Dodgeball, I think, but it was held in Chicago, and it happened in November, so that's, like, how much of a turnaround it was, and, you know, we have a good, like, base in Chicago at the time, and six teams came out, and we did the same structure as his first two elite tournaments, and we're like, okay, everybody loved it, like, we're on to something here. Like, why don't we, you know, and then we, we, we even filmed like that day and Mark actually, like after that tournament, he showed me how to use, uh, like the video editing program, Final Cut Pro. He's like, look, like, cause I told him like, Hey man, like I can, I can try to edit videos. Like I do this kind of for dodgeball anyways. Like I like making highlight videos. He's like, sure. Like here, take my laptop. Like just, if you want to edit matches, like this is how you do it. And we just kind of, you know. We wanted to keep doing that, so that's when you know that's when you know Mark and I kind of started was 2012, and we just kind of kept building from there. 
That's awesome. And <clears throat> I wanted to kind of comment on you coming onto the elite scene because um, for me, you know, I was I was fortunate to t- participate in the first West Coast round 2013 elite tournament. And I think that's when you said you played with Adrenaline Rush. And I remember seeing you there. I was like, that's kind of a big deal because this is, this is Glenn. Like, he's supposed to be no offense in in ed prentice's back pocket like that is somebody that i never thought would be here right now so that that's kind of signaling a lot of things that's going on um well yeah i just i'm i'm i mean like if you get to know me steve like i'm always real and i'm always challenging people and i'm always questioning things i did i did it with prentice and like i do it with everybody else too nice well i mean it it, and it worked um and, and real quick i mean Kudos to Mark, I'll, I'll, absolutely. But I know Vince also has a role in this too, and I, I think he kind of gets, I don't know, forgotten because everybody's like, eh, "Mark is awesome." Mark is up, which which he is, obviously. But you know, to just to quick interject, Vince also, I'm sure had, had a no, lot to do Vince, with it. No, Vince has been like an ace with, like he he won't like uh like run tournaments so much, but he is like an ace on social media and like you know, building the word of dodgeball through social media with like whatever like the most recent thing we did was the clutch grips like that was brilliant that was pretty cool yeah um i just wanted to kind of just real quick a little footnote there but yeah when when you came on board i felt like cool glenn is bringing the north into the fold so to speak right um and and at that point i kind of knew like the ndl was for sure like there, there's no coming back because 2013 was just an abysmal tournament. Like I thought 2012 was bad. 2013 was just awful. Um, well, here's the thing, man. Like a lot of people that don't know this is like, we, we wanted to just do our thing. Like we wanted to build elite, like the way we saw dodgeball and we never, like we never wanted to be in the way of any other tournament. And, you know, we would make sure like, okay, there's a tournament this weekend. We can't have it. Like, we can't have our tournament that weekend. Like, we got to look ahead. And, like, people, you know, this was during the, like, elite versus NDL time. And people were like, oh, man, I don't know what to sign up for. Like, you know, do I sign up for the NDL or do I sign up with you guys? And we were always like, dude, we don't care. Like, play it both. Like, it's cool. We're not going to hold that against you. Because, you know, know, me and Mark were like, we'll just let them figure it out for themselves. Like, we we know the NDL sucks. Like... They'll figure it out. Like, we don't have to tell people that it sucks. Not only that, but you're not going to penalize people for going with the NDL, no. having a tank, and, and coming back on board to elite. And their downfall, the NDL, Prentice would be like, you know, uh, if you're with us, you're banned from playing elite dodgeball. And everyone like was like, what the F? Right. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's what you... uh. I mean that that's how I took it. Um I didn't even think twice when um when I played Elite. I was like, oh, this is clearly a better product. It's the future. Um I gave you man, four, no, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven. No, five, six, seven, eight, ten, twelve. Give you eight years of going to, to Vegas to play in dodgeball and I was there I was a pro for the longest time and I helped coordinate events and I helped recruit and I backed you up but you know the fact that you're pulling this after everything is just garbage so later you know that that was my whole stance and I have not looked back since unless it's for discussions like this of course to appreciate the the past 
but uh, yeah, um, you know, elite. It's it, it's become a lot of things for me. Like um, obviously, it's like an opportunity to play against better players, but it's kind of like also my tool to express my creativity because we you know like what i love doing is i love editing videos like i try to like inspire people that way like i always want to do something cool or something different that hasn't been done before and elite allows me to do that so speaking of those videos and and why your shirt collection is partially so huge i mean you you received jerseys from from everybody i mean my i myself handed you one as a thank you for all the work that you'd put into for, I, th- I think it was like the 2013 year for the 2014 banquet. Oh my God. That, you, uh, yeah. I mean, I'll admit it. Like I was trying not to cry. Yeah. No, like, I remember that, seeing that, that look in your eyes. Nowhere. <laughs> yeah. You had that look in your eyes. Like you're just like one, I don't know, one tear from a waterfall. Like you were holding it in. Uh, just that to see was, how yeah, that was were. a tough year too. Like I lost my job and like, I didn't even want to, I didn't even want to go to nationals. I was in showdown too. Like I was like, Mark, I have no money. Like I don't, I don't care. Like, and it was just like, it was overwhelming. Like even running tournaments and playing in them, like my first time doing that. And you know, this is how awesome the dodgeball communities community is like Mark and Zarin got in the picture too. And they were like, dude, we want you here. We need you here. Like, let us pay for your ticket. No problem. Don't even worry about it. And that was just like, oh my god, I don't even know how to like thank you guys. Yeah, it's it's incredibly moving how uh, how awesome the dodgeball community can be. Um, yeah, like they just they they pull through for you for all for all the for all the headaches and irritations that people can give you. They also will uh, will pick you up when you're when you're down, and it's incredible to to finally have something that encompasses all of that and doesn't choke it out is not threatened by other perceived competition is down to support down to help elevate everybody it's it's just incredible and kind of a good segue into um usa dodgeball and everything that's going on with that um do you have a i don't want to say do you have any thoughts on that because like everybody has thoughts but what are you what are you looking forward to the most with uh with that so let's, let's um, get off the NDL for a little bit. Well, okay. Uh, man, I don't even know where to begin. Well, first of all, like my next goal in life is to play internationally. Um, I know like this upcoming world tournament is in Hollywood. That, that's great. But like, I want to go play in like New Zealand or Hong Kong or Singapore or, you know, Ireland or Europe or whatever. Um, as far as like oh my god my thoughts on like the international scene uh so when we were when we were focused on building elite um i'm not sure when the wdbf started do you know 2012 2011 2012 okay um maybe late 2010 okay because i'm trying to think of the timelines here because I remember, like, international, like, USA Dodgeball was created. I knew, like, at the beginning of Elite 2, so I was like, oh, this is so cool. Like, this is perfect. We're all going to grow together. Um, and let's see, like, while we were building Elite, like, I think 
Bill Fair was kind of in charge of the USA stuff. Like he wanted to build a USA team. And what was the fir- what was the first WDBF? Was it Hong Kong or Singapore? It was like a invitational event in New Zealand. Where uh, oh, so that was the first one. Okay, so like I saw that, and I remember like the USDO was posting like, "Yo, we're having this uh, you know tryout process for Team USA going to New Zealand," and there wasn't really that much information about it, but I knew I wanted to like try out for it. Um, but I, you know, there was only like, they had qualifier tournaments, but like they were always in like Arizona or something. Um, so I couldn't travel to that, but they accepted like, like video highlights or something. And, you know, I guess I was kind of like naive a little bit, kind of like the NDL when it first started. And, you know, the more... I got sucked into like the USDO the more I kind of figured out what it was really like and like I got I guess like they were doing the selection process like in the spring and like the New Zealand tournament is like what like August or October or something and each like month they would announce who the new who a new player was and Bill reached out to me and asked me if I was interested in going to New Zealand I was like yeah so he's like, can you make this? I'm like, yes. And, you know, they announced me to be on the USA team. And I was like, oh, my God, this is so cool. And I was like, so what's the next steps? Like, what do we do with flights and hotels and all that stuff? And he's like, uh, don't you have money for that? I'm like, what are you talking about? Um, that wasn't very clear on that. And he's like, no, you got to pay for your own way. I'm like, well, I can't come up with five grand in like a month. Um, so I was like, I can't go. I'm sorry, man. And then New Zealand happened and, uh, I knew something was off and, and I know I'm not the only one because I know like the following year, I think the following year was in Hong Kong, right? After New Zealand. Uh, yes. And I I remember like Bill wanted to do this whole weird structure requirement of, you know, if you want to have a qualifier, you got to have this many players registered. And, you know, the Dodgeballers would be like, that's not realistic and where we're from. Like, we can do this. Like, we can utilize the Detroit Cup as a, you know, like a scouting thing or something. And he was like, no, 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 it's got to be this way. So at that point, like, I was like, I don't want to deal with this. Like, I need to focus on just building our structure for our our country like of dodgeball like we still got to build a foundation meaning elite dodgeball so i kind of like stepped away from the international scene and mark wasn't really into it either but uh we knew something was off and we kind of waited for the players to kind of figure that out too and then the whole thing happened with uh you know people not wanting to try out for usdo just because of the leadership they didn't want to follow. Yeah, it's, I mean, kind of talked about this with Nicole and not trying to, without trying to insinuate or, or pin any one thing on one person, it's organizations, it would seem, and this is the case with NDL, like you have to make mistakes. And whether it's, I mean, 
whether you've received good counsel and you still make the mistake anyway, or you're just completely not prepared for the outcome, you, you make mistakes so that you can improve upon them or somebody else will. And that seems to be the, I mean, that was obviously the case with Elite. That may or may not be the case with, with um, USA Dodgeball. But um, yeah, I mean, it's without, again, trying to get too into the weeds about it because it, it definitely has taken a turn for the better a lot faster too. And this is another thing that I, I realized when I was talking with Nicole is, you know, it took from 2004, 2005 to 2013 for somebody to finally get it right, right? Mm-hmm. On the international front, it took 2000, eh, let's say 11 to 2008 to really get it right. So I believe like there's like a timeline for everything. And then if you just look at um, how fast and how awesome these improvements have been, you know, it's definitely headed in the right direction, but it had it had to start somewhere. And I, I can I understand. And, yeah, and I have the same respect <clears throat> for Bill Fair, even though I've never really talked to him. Um, kind of like Prentice, like he set the bar, like he was the first to try to do international dodgeball. And he had that vision. But again, like he, you know, you didn't listen to the players. You didn't care about the players. Um, and you know, people would reach out to us elite and be like, why aren't you guys doing this? And we're like, dude, we're so focused on just trying to build elite. Like it's so much work already. Like we need to have like a real structure, like a real board in place or something. And finally, like, you know, Jake and Mark took the initiative of creating, you know, the new team USA dodgeball and wanted to incorporate like a whole board of like the leaders of dodgeball, like, they picked up, you know, Felix Peroni, who's the president of NCDA. Like, you look at the NCDA, and they are the ultimate recruiting process for dodgeball right now. Oh, yeah. Like, you know what I mean? Like, all those college clubs, like, they're bringing in the freshmen and getting them interested in dodgeball. And then you look at Kate Currens, who runs, like, the social Boston sports, who, like, knows a ton of rec leagues. And then you got Alex Benepe, who's, you know, in charge of Sky Zone which is huge and they wanted to create this board and like create a real structure for team USA. And there's no better five that are leading the way. That's, that's exciting. Um, so earlier you said that you, you, you do want to make team USA. Um, does that mean that you're, you're down for foam? Um, I, I've never really asked where your thoughts are on, on foam or, Oh, uh, yeah. Like I real yeah. Like, I want to make Team USA. Like, that's my next goal. Like, that'd be cool to, like, play with a bunch of great players and play against, like, some of the best in the world. Like, that'd be really cool. Um, As far as, like, foam, uh, I mean, that's what I grew up with. Um, Right. The 7-inch, like, I've only really practiced, like, I've only really competed with it, like, maybe, like, under 10 times because the only, like, the only places that play seven inch foam are Canada whenever we would go. And then they would have a couple dodgeball nation tournaments in the Midwest. And then like Minnesota also plays like seven inch foam heavily. Um, seven inch foam, it, it kind of works for me cause I don't have a huge windup when I throw. I'm kind of like a quick thrower. So I don't, you know, when you're throwing foam, you don't really need to put a lot of force behind it. You can kind of just quickly throw it and it'll leave your hand quick um, and it will fly fast. 
Um, so that works for like my style of play. And then like, obviously like it takes practice to try to like curve it correctly. Um, and accuracy. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, and that was, that was a good segue. I, I don't know if you, uh, might know who Dylan Odin is, but he, uh, he had asked that yeah, question. We, so. we, yeah, we played, yeah, we teamed up for the LA classic. Oh, nice. Yeah, speaking of curveballs, like the kid's a monster with that. It's so frustrating. Oh my God! Yeah, him, uh, Cody Foley, and Eric Stone. Like they have some wicked, you know, seven-inch foam ball throws. Yeah, it's irritating. <laughs> Impressive, but when you're playing against them, so irritating. Because you, you think you're. I mean, you, you play eight point five for so long, you kind of understand the trajectory and the the ability that certain people have to manipulate the ball, but you understand there's a, there's a point where it can only give so much where now you play in foam with these guys. That crap is like teleporting. That thing is like, it's, it's coming back. I mean, it's, it's frustrating, but I mean, it's cool and it's challenging. And it's like, it's for me, it's my next barrier to break in order to become, you know, a decent player. So uh, definitely. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, yeah. And that's, yeah. I mean, like, um, you know, for me, like I try a long time ago, like I try to, so we wouldn't have leagues, I guess, like kind of like what you have in maybe Arizona or uh, California just heavily with leagues. Like we always had random tournaments in the Midwest and you know, you, we just went to some really bad tournaments and like, you know, really bad dodgeballs we would play with, play with really bad rules. And, you know, we would see it as a challenge more than get upset almost. Like we're like, okay, we're playing with overinflated oh, rock hard eight point five. We'll figure <laughs> out how to win that. Okay, we're playing with four inch foam balls that are ripped. Okay, we'll figure out how to play with that. Um, so that's just kind of like you know, that's how I am with the seven inch too. Like I, I'll figure out how to master it. Nice. Yeah, I mean, that that's I definitely feel you on that. I mean, we I've played. Played on sand. I played on um, asphalt. I played on with balls that are overinflated. I played with balls that are like shouldn't even be considered a ball. I mean, totally get it. From again, man, it's the 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 good old days are. Uh, if we were playing with rocks, I wouldn't be surprised. You know, like it's just we've come a I long can, way. <laughs> I kind of miss that too, because it's like you know, back to talking about like how it was in the beginning. You know, you're kind of like you're in like a garage band almost and you just jump in the van and you just kind of travel to a tournament and you just have fun with your friends. Like I definitely miss that. It's definitely changed. Yeah, that's a good point. I mean, I used to, I used to borrow my mom's, uh, Toyota Sequoia, like this, this pretty big size SUV. I just like jam, you know, half of team evil or the entire roster yeah. of, of people that I, um, have some of them I've known since high school. Um, some I've watched them like like Dylan. I mean, I knew that kid since he was ten, and just load him up the the SUV and we'd drive up to Phoenix and hope that the turnout was great. Hope that the uh, the tournament was still going to happen because you know we didn't have social media saying hey it's canceled or whatever. Kind of had to just go on a whim. Mm-hmm. Uh, and um, there, there's something I'm glad you said that. There, there's something very sentimental that i do miss uh for for being able to hop on a plane you know this weekend and go to elite west coast want round one and not have to worry about the setup not to worry about the balls being 
overinflated or, or even if they're going to have, you know, the right kind of ball, right? Or not have to worry about refs who are have no idea what they're doing because they're part of like the bar staff or, you know, or, or self-efficient <laughs> oh, you, refs. You wouldn't even know how many like charity tournaments we've been to or like tournaments that are run by churches and they, you know, they don't care about dodgeball. They just look at it as fun and like the only knowledge they have is like, the rules based off of the movie which are terrible by the way <laughs> yeah just to to not have to worry about any of that it, it's i'm gonna be thinking about that when i'm heading to la it's just like wow this is uh this is great i'm, I'm not having to worry about anything I, I know when to go when to be there when to show up know what i gotta do my team's gonna be there we're gonna look great mm-hmm. uh, we're gonna <laughs> have a lot of fun and we're not going to worry about simple things but again on the flip side for some reason, there's a lot about that quote-unquote suffering that I do miss, uh, and it was it was fun while it was a thing. Yeah, that's why uh, that's why like Task Force and I are so tight, like because we've been playing for like 13 years together, and we've kind of just gone through all of that stuff together. You know, all those crappy tournaments and like driving through a blizzard for four hours from Detroit, <laughs> and just like you know getting into a hotel at like three in the morning we got to get up in like two hours for a tournament um that's one thing like i definitely love like half of it of course is the playing but like it's just like the traveling with with the guys oh yeah see the, the excitement the anticipation you know you're gonna you're with your your, your buddies yeah because when, ta- yeah, so yeah, when we talk about memories and stuff it's never like man remember when swat had this crazy catch no it's like Remember when we went to that gas station, like, Gordel spilled all the gasoline everywhere? Like, it's <laughs> stuff like that that, like, we just love talking about. So, good segue. Uh, what is your favorite dodgeball memory? At least, what what is one that comes to mind that really just oh, stands man. out? Oh, man. Oh, my God. I, I warned mean, you for this one, too, by the way, so you should have yeah, came prepared. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, okay. Um... <laughs> I mean, I like I like Rob Immel's response. He says it's always the next one. And That's a good one. I, I agree. But, uh, you know, man, if you ever hang around with, like, Task Force, like, we would just, we would always bring up old stuff. Like, whenever I'm with them, like, we just, we just always bring up old memories, and it's great. But, um, like, the two memories, uh, actually, let me see, maybe three. So the first one was obviously like when Mark and Zarin helped me get to the first Vegas because I was just like I was crushed like I didn't want to do dodgeball anymore um there was that and then the second one was uh I was kind of going through a rough thing too where I couldn't find work and it's the 2015 Vegas and I that year like because I don't I don't really <laughs> like if you know me and when I go run the north and stuff like I won't eat and I'll just be like everywhere like I'll make sure like I have to play and then like I have to talk with my team for five seconds after we play and then like I have to go collect scores and all that stuff and I just I won't I'll be such a machine that I won't eat and I did this at Vegas and you know we were going through the third day pinch and I'm like running on fumes and like m- like my body kind of shut down and you know my body was trying to like absorb any protein or nutrients or whatever and there was nothing in my stomach and you know Zarin and Tia Fettig Dylan Fettig's wife um, 
both medical professionals and they kind of like revived me. So I'll never forget that. I remember, uh, I remember that. I remember you posting about yeah. kind of laying the yeah, scene that, down and that was really like, that was, that's when I felt the love of the dodgeball family, just waking up out of that and like everyone making sure I was okay. Um, and then the third one, which is, which was recently, um, so, so the reason I had to uh, cancel our first call was because that day my company told me I was getting laid off. So I was just not in the mental state to do anything. Oh, bummer, man. And like the next day, like all the Dodge followers were like, Glenn, we got you. Like, like here's some opportunities, like, like no problem. So those are probably like, those like I can say like yeah winning tournaments or whatever is great and all but like it's stuff like that like I'll never forget for sure I mean I mean hashtag dodgeball is family right like people are asking yeah where can I play where should I stay that is so important yep that's uh you know the dodgeball family is just accepting of anyone just because like you know anyone can play basically you don't have to be tall you don't have to be fast it doesn't matter what you look like like come play dodgeball you just gotta love the game and then you're in yeah and it's it's so cool because like you know we will beat the shite out of each other and we'll go like laugh about it at the bar afterwards yeah i mean for a sport that encourages you to throw something at somebody with intent to knock them out because they're going to catch it. We're throwing weapons at each other. Right. And then we're laughing about it later. Yeah, you're you're engaged in close quarters combat uh, with a ball, with a projectile, and it's uh, it gets personal. Um, but after the, most of the time, for like 98% of the people, if you can have a beer afterwards and talk about some highlights and be a, be a big happy family afterwards. I mean, I don't know how it gets any better than that for anybody, uh, for anything out there. No. And like the, I mean like, like a close sort of alternative sport like dodgeball would be maybe kickball. And it's just not the same social aspect at all. I, yeah, I disagree. I played a couple of seasons of kickball and it's fun, but it's not, um, Whatever depth dodgeball has, kickball does not come close at all. No. Um, cool. I, I do. I did manage to pull some questions. Some I did integrate uh, with our conversation, but um, I don't want to say like consider this the rapid fire round. But uh, if we can okay, go through sure. some of these real quick, uh, it'd be cool to see what your thoughts are. Um, first of all, Emilio Veles, he, um, he said that you're like the first dodgeball player to buy a copy of the dodgeball teens. Um, yeah. eventually I'll get my hands on some of those copies. That sounds really I cool. Ho- I hope I meet Emilio one day. Like he is a legend. Like if you don't know what dodgeball teens are, like you're probably Wrong. not in dodgeball family <laughs> or you live under a rock. Yeah. yeah. There's, there's no, and that guy's so on the beat too. Like I'll post something and like somehow right after my finger lifts from the mouse, liked shared commented on yeah. by, by Emilio it's, it's he so is awesome. like he's the biggest fan of dodgeball that dodgeball that doesn't play yeah I, and that's that, that's a testament to just dodgeball being around long enough to be able to garner support and enthusiasm from people like him so it's 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 so cool to see that and 
definitely wanted to shout him shout him out or reverse yeah. shout out i guess because he kind of just mentioned you on that um do you have and this is from kevin bailey do you have a favorite dodgeball shirt out of the <laughs> 200 so much shirts uh, that you have and, i mean i treat all my shirts like they're my children but uh <laughs> but uh if there's yeah, a man, fire which one would you make sure like, you saved <laughs> man i don't know but uh i I guess like when i get a new shirt i wear it for a while you know and then uh you know when i get a new shirt i'll wear that for a while but i guess the one that i'm like consistently wearing now um and i don't really wear it when i play it's more like it's like a warm-up shirt or something it kind of like uh it means a lot because it means it i've earned it almost is the elite north all-star shirt like nice. that one that one just looks like a different feeling than the rest of my shirts right now gotcha but of course you know if there's a fire you'd probably just grab as many as possible. i grab as many as i could <laughs> fair enough just because some like i'll ne- i know i'll never get a copy of again fair enough um dang man i wish i wish i didn't throw out all mine i should have kept most of them figured out something to do with them but um oh well they're, they're, yeah, people are, people are like, you know, Glenn, you should make a quilt out of them. And I'm like, oh, maybe when I die. Like, I still like wearing them. <laughs> Just bury me in them. Yeah, but make a coffin of dodgeball shirts for me. Oh, man. Well, hopefully that won't be for a very, very long time. Um, let's see. Monica Aguilar asks, what is a married life with Jake like? <laughs> um, and, and I think a lot of us are just collectively jealous that you have access to Jake Mason Oh my god. Uh, I'll try to be as fast as I can. Well, I don't just live with Jake. I live with um, Peter Parker, which is his beagle. Um, And, you know, I'm not just saying this because it's in the rental agreement and I'm forced to say it, but, uh, (laughs) you know, living with Jake has just been an absolute, absolute delight. Like, there's probably not a day that goes by that we don't talk about dodgeball and, like, the progression of it. Um, and we, you know, in this household, we probably got more dodgeball shirts than the whole rest of the community combined. Um, we just have mountains of stuff of dodgeball. Like he just got in all the USA gear and we just have like, you know, the boxes of it everywhere. And, uh, it's just, I don't know, like he, when I told him I was moving out to California and if he knew anybody, um, that was looking for a roommate or something. He's like, I hate this guy that I'm living with right now. And he's living like, you know, bi-weekly. I'll just kick him out and you live, can live with me. And I'm like, oh my God, dude, I don't even know what to say. <laughs> that worked out. Um, yeah. That's a funny one. Um, let's see. I'm going to try to butcher or try not to butcher his name, but in this mind, I, I don't know how we can go about this one without getting too into it, but just whatever comes mm-hmm. to mind, Joe Colella from Arsenal, number 56 out of San Diego, mm-hmm. asked, uh, who are your top 10 competitors, people that you just love to <laughs> score off against? And yeah, I mean, man. it doesn't have to be set in stone. I'm sure, you know, we'll probably forget I'll leave, people, but. Man, I don't know. Like, I'll leave the top 10 list to Tyler. Let's do top but, three. Uh, oh, man, like. You know, for years, like, I feel like I can go head-to-head with anybody, but, like, for years, just because, like, living in Chicago and you're not really exposed that much to... um, The only time you're really exposed to, like, the great dodgeball players would be, like, Nationals or something. And, like, the three players that, like, I couldn't figure out their throw or, like, I couldn't time the speed 
would be like Pyan and Ketchum and Vince. And, you know, like, the more, like, I, after living here for a while, like, I play against them consistently. And um, I feel like I'm seeing it better and better every time now. So probably those three. Nice. I'm, I'm sure they make everybody's top top three at the very least. <clears throat> it's a fair one. Um, and I think I know the answer to this one. Me and me and Tim uh, Wells were talking about this, but Tyler wanted to know why are you so serious? <laughs> uh, did you pick this up from anybody? Why am I so stoic? Uh, man, I think it's just uh, it's a combination of things. Um, it's, you know, and this goes, this stems back from like when I first started playing dodgeball too, like, uh, like a lot, like my rival teams, my rival team would be Western Springs, which consisted of like half of, half of task force now. And it would always be like my team versus their teams. And we, I'd never be able to beat them and they'd always give me for it. And, you know, when we were able to finally like beat them consistently, like never shoved it in their face. I just kind of was like kind of quiet about it because I didn't need to say anything. And that's just how I kind of was like, I just kind of get into this mental state where you kind of submerge into the zone, I guess, because dodgeball for me is also like a sort of place of sanctuary, like whatever's going on in my life like I step on that court and that's all like that's all that matters right now. Um, and another thing would be like I'm cycling through all of the opponents that I'm about to face right now. Like, okay, I've seen this player play, like he does this in this situation. He throws it this way when he when I pump fake him, he crouches down like this. And that's just how I am. Like uh you know, I'm different when I'm actually playing too, because uh, I sort of become a field general for task force. So I'm kind of calling plays and stuff, but for the most part, like I try to keep play, especially like winning a game. Like I keep my celebrations like at a low. Hey, yeah, you just, you're, you're contained and you're, mm-hmm. you're, you're in the moment. And, oh, so and people speak. come up, come people come up to me like, Glenn, are you, are you okay? Like, what are you sad about? I'm like, I'm just extremely focused right now. Nice. That makes sense. I mean, I talked to, uh, talked to Kenny about it too and there's like a I don't want to say like a self self hypnosis but if you mentally decide you're going to win you have a much better chance of winning versus anybody who's already committed mentally to defeat no matter how good they are so yeah and like you know and I try to I don't have this all the time but I try to get myself into that mental state where you're just kind of like it all makes sense like it all clicks for you like I know I'm gonna win this. I can see you can you know when you play against people enough times, you can kind of sort sort of see plays before they happen, and uh, you just kind of go in with that kind of level of confidence. And it's not like that all the time for me, but like when it does, it's a good feeling. Yeah, you're just you're you're on when that happens. Yeah, <clears throat> like uh, yeah, like a perfect example would be um, if you watch the showdown for 2015. Um, like you can just like I went up against Matty and I've been playing against Matty for eight years so I was like super comfortable like I knew how he played Um, so yeah that would be like a good example of it of when I was like in the zone 
Yeah, it's uh, like we said, where when you're on the court, when you're in the, the gym, the only thing that matters is dodgeball. You can not worry about whatever life issues you have going on. Don't worry about your job. This is you and your passion and your sanctuary. And your sanctuary doesn't necessarily have to be a place of peace. It could be a place of chaos and combat that we know is dodgeball. So it's... Uh, yeah, and that's what, like... So the three players that, like, I looked up to, um, and you you probably know these names, but a lot of the young people might not if... Um, they'd have to go look at old videos and stuff, but uh, the Chicago guys, like Zach Tholen, like, he taught me... He taught me the sanctuary aspect. Like, he doesn't care if he won or lost. Like, just the act of throwing a ball was his stress reliever. And... Um, you know, Jenkins kind of taught me how to be humble. Like, you know, it's not like, oh, man, we won that game. Like, oh, my God, that team lost. He was always like, stay focused. Like, it doesn't matter. Like, we got to get ready for the next one. Um, and then Lowe, Brian Lowe, who, um, you know, the guy would never talk. I, I never heard him say more than, like, two words maybe. But whenever he entered into a gym, it was like, oh, sh- like, Brian Lowe's here. Like I wanted, like I, I wanted to like get to that level. Like, oh my god, like Glenn Spazier's here. <laughs> <laughs> People like, oh crap, they uh. And yeah, and I just kind of like I figured out how to get to that level by like um, picking different things from different people. Like, like I would never get mad um, at anyone for getting me out. I'd be more mad at myself and like, and I'd be like all right, that guy rushed me. Like, I need to figure out how to have quick feet like that. Like, oh my God, that guy just threw at me while not looking at me. Like, I got to figure out how to practice that. Like, that's cool. Um, so, yeah. It's funny because, like, just as you said, you picked and pulled from various sports that you engaged in uh, in your youth and prior to dodgeball. Sounds like you did that all, again with people that you played against with and alongside with for all these years. And then... Uh, just learn from previous mistakes and find out how you can get better. I mean, people uh, might ask themselves, like, you know, how does Glenn throw so hard, or how is he so good, or how is so and so so good? And th- th- these are, this is how. Like, we're, we're kind of breaking down exactly what makes that person that person. And so, kind of like a, an amalgamation of all all of your experiences from 2004 to now. And you know, it's as long as we're taking care of ourselves. Um, I mean, the future's looking really bright, and I'm I'm excited to uh to see you this weekend. See see how you uh, come out. Yeah, yeah. This is the first conversation we've ever had together of all these years we've played. Yeah, it was, it was kind of funny and sad when you mentioned that on, on when I was talking on Facebook. <laughs> yeah. I was like, dang, I've like known this guy for like ten years, and I've never actually sat down and talked to him. Like we've had pleasantries, maybe if that. Um, Prior to Who knows? We're, we're, we'll probably be awkward on Saturday. Like, yeah, okay, no, I'm, hey. I'm, going, I'm going straight back to my shell on Saturday. <laughs> but uh, uh, we'll see, man. Um, but I guess we can go ahead and end it there. When I was talking to Glenn offline, and he even mentioned it uh, prior to the close of our discussion, uh, he did make the point that uh, we've known each other for quite a while now. Um, but the podcast actually got us talking as, as two individuals, and it's pretty crazy thinking about the parallels that we have um we've had our few interactions of course um and i was very happy to present him with an evil jersey as a thank you for his help with the uh the north and the tons of videos and footage that he helped release to really help build the elite brand and following 
but he does make a good point. There are probably tons of you out there that we all know of, but rarely get to interact with off the courts. And for me, this podcast has afforded a great opportunity to not only pick the brains of the finest dodgeball players out there, but just to get to know them a little bit more um, in a more intimate setting and just understand how vast and strong the dodgeball community really is. I know we talked about that a few times and it's just another thing that I just could not be more grateful for. And my list of people that I want to talk to just continues to expand uh, as we go. That being said, if you're wanting to chat about dodgeball, doesn't matter if you've been playing as long as I have or you just started last week, hit me up. Till then, keep feeding me ideas, feedback, suggestions, comments. It's also very much appreciated and just helps make the uh, podcast that much better. For everyone competing this weekend at the West Coast Round 1 tournament, good luck. For everyone else, have a great weekend, and I'll catch you next time. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Dodgeball Cod Cod Past. Cod Past. How, how do how does that happen?